In today's episode, Dave interviews Echo Callum. Echo has been in Ben and Kate, Sean Saves the World starring Sean Hayes, Key and Peele, and Ricky and Morty created by Dan Harmon of Community. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I watched you do an interview uh, pushing Sean Saves the World, uh-huh. and it, you were working so fucking hard. <laughs> pushing that and saying it's really great and I don't think you know what I mean you know what I mean? it's like yeah. to be in front of those junkets must be a fucking pain in the ass to a certain uh, extent um you know I, I think this is the way that I look at yeah, it yeah yeah no I, I totally get that I totally get that um I think it gets really repetitive sometimes because they have you do a press junket and you go talk to probably like 15 tv reporters mm-hmm. 12 radio reporters or whatnot and you pretty much are saying the same thing over and over right. again. And um, you can't yeah. make it like you how do you make it so that you you can't make it so it seems like it's fresh. It seems it's hard to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I really started looking at how Thomas Lennon would um handle his interviews. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was just very um just real and you know, just um honest and open with them. So like for instance, like I think the interview you saw that was like right when we shot the pilot and I was just, you know, just doing my, my spiel. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like this character's great. And obviously, I I did really enjoy the show and read it and I enjoyed performing with those people like so much. But, you know, Tom would really like break it down like, you know, hey, you know, it's a show for you want to come in in house, just sit down and laugh. It's great. You don't have to think too much about it. You know, it's just right. silly. Right. You know, whatnot. Right. But he had this really real awesome way of just being real and upfront, not trying to make it like I was like, oh, it's really smart and blah blah. You know, just that's like, exactly just what you did. Trying to do right. exactly what I, you know. And that. I'm not knocking yeah. you, but I totally understand because I don't know if you, you see it on YouTube. It is that thing where you go, it's really smart, and I think that he'd yeah. like that. And I yeah. watched you, and again, God bless. But it seems so hard to do. And the best thing is always to be honest and truthful, which yeah. is what Tom was doing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's something that I learned from that point. It was like, yeah, well, it was true. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, no one ever told me to be like, well, just, you know, make it this thing. You know, I, I should have just been like, well, you know, look. It's something to just have fun with. You know? <laughs> right, like, don't right, think right. about it. It's not community. You know, it's not right. let's get meta and break the fourth wall and go introspective into what that joke meant. It's right. just like, here's some jokes per page. Here's Sean Hayes, you know, doing his thing. Like, sit down, enjoy it, and have fun. And that's what I did eventually just start it, you know what I'm saying, to get used to and just say. But I look at that interview, and it felt like I look at it, I'm like, whoa, I really... What was I really talking about in some regards, you know? Because it was that. It was that feeling of your, it, it, and it seemed, and it also, and the reason I'm bringing it up is when I watch you improvise, when I watch you with Cherry, when I watch you improvise, there's, a, there's, there's this frankness and honestness and candidness and oneness at that moment mm-hmm. that you're there. And I think that as you keep doing more of these shows, what you realize, and it's the same thing when you, when you improvise and when you're alive, is as you get older, you realize the greatest gift that you can give yourself is the permission to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's like super true. Um, it's not regular true. It's, it's super, super true. true. Right? Hey, there's a difference between I wonder right where that crosses the line true. where you go, that's true. Wait a minute. Oh, that's, that's super, super true. true. Yeah. yeah. Like if Morgan Freeman tells you a story, you're like, that's super <laughs> exactly. true. You know, exactly. 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 But if Tim Allen tells the same story, you're going to go, yeah, I don't know. That's regular true. Regular true. Yeah. I don't know why. It just doesn't that. hold the same way. No, it doesn't you know? hold the same way. Yeah. If somebody says, hey, listen, Tim Allen told me a story mm-hmm. and you're drinking coffee and you yeah. go, yeah, what was it about? And you're looking around going, hey, I like the way that person yeah, wears that hat. No, and so and, but if somebody, if you say, 
Morgan Freeman told me the story. Right? What? Morgan Freeman told you something? <laughs> right? Did, right? Tell him, whatever he said to you, put it in my brain. Right exactly, now, because I need something super true. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, but it's very interesting that you said that. But you're, you're mm-hmm. saying it's super true. How come we were talking about fucking super true? How did we turn We were talking that? about super true because we're talking about being honest. And right, being exactly. Yeah. Right, that mm-hmm. idea of... Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the things that I think... Do you teach at all? Um, I do some very, very minimalist coaching. But I've been, like, really busy, so I'm trying to coach more. When now. you say minimalist, do you mean... Sit there. Yeah, yeah. That's sit good. there. Tell me what those chairs are saying to you. <laughs> right. Wait, but are you speak. taking my shit? No, <laughs> You're taking my shit. That's what you're doing. Uh, because it, because as you get as when you start teaching and you really start opening yourself up to teaching, what you realize is the students want you to be honest with them. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that's the uh, type of teaching that I resonate with. And Eugene Cordero um, is one of my coaches, and that's like. He's just super honest. Like sometimes he's like, I don't know what you get done. To Isn't that do great that. to have a teacher say, I don't, I don't know? Yeah, yeah. That's the greatest thing. Mick, yeah. Mick Napier was saying the greatest gift that you can give as a director is to say, I don't know. And then you say, all right, you'll say, I don't know, because you don't have to know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, a, a good quote that I learned from someone at IO, Scott Robinson, that stuck with me was, uh, he was using a very much so business uh, perspective for it, but he's like, you know, for a CEO, they need to get ten percent of the decisions they make need to be right, mm-hmm. and the other ninety percent just need to be made. Right. So it's just like there's no right, there's no wrong. It's okay if you don't know. You just need to fucking make a choice. Right. Just say it if that's the case. Haven't you discovered that you're that uh, that because uh, you you're riding high right now. Like, have you gone, so you've had three shows in a row, right? Sorry, dude. Sorry. But you've had three shows in a row. It's like, uh-huh. boom, you've worked three shows in a row. Yeah. What have you discovered from that? And what I mean, what have you discovered from that is, like, what's the spiritual thing that happens as you're going from one show to another you know, show? Because um, so many people are like, how do I make it? All yeah. that I want is. Well, I, I'll, I'll start off this by saying that, first and foremost, I feel so blessed and fortunate and lucky and all of those things to have ever even gotten on a TV show in the first place. Like, it's something that we all aspire to do. And to get on one is amazing and should never be taken for granted, and it's awesome. So I just want to clarify But that. there are a lot of people that don't. There are a lot of people that are on TV shows yeah. that don't. And I'm not talking about, you know. Yeah. Not, you know. Yeah. yeah I, you know, for me, I, I feel like every time a show I've been on has been canceled, I liken it to losing like a third cousin, mm-hmm. like the feeling of a being third like, cousin. Oh, it's a third cousin. A third I cousin. love that person, and he's gone forever. You know, so it's like it's a tremendous loss. So like, it's really go, tough for me. A, I'm sorry. What's like, a third you know, cousin? Like, like, no, 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 I, I don't no, want no, to say no, a no, no, no. Cousin. I know, but how do you get to a third cousin? Is that like well, because a second cousin? Like, no, 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 I no, picture, no. I don't know what a fuck. I'm just asking you yeah. what because I'm apparently someone's yeah. third cousin. You're someone's third cousin, right? Right. I guess so, aren't we all? Yeah, we all are. So basically, I say that in a sense of like the closest I'm that you have. I'm not asking pain. you to symbolically. I'm saying factually, yeah. like super factually. Super factually. Don't be regular factually. Yeah. So what is a third cousin? Because I know first cousin, cousin is my my mom's, mom's sister's, son, sister's son. son. Right. Right. Or <laughs> what would it be? So my so your third cousin would be your mom's sister's son's daughter. 
right? So I they guess. start a whole which you would probably not I be could super her. close to. I could date her. The fact that we have to ask right. what a third cousin is shows right. you got how it, you know it, it, it is also. So I, she, I don't want to like it. So if she died. I would be sad and be like, oh no, like especially if I knew her, I'd be like, oh no, my third cousin, but it's hard to equate something to death. So I just equated in that sense of like, I would miss my third cousin, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, right. if my first cousin died, I'd be devastated and right. crying in bed and probably yeah. would take me, I mean, I would, I love my first cousins. Uh, and So if you found out, God forbid, that your first cousin died and you were on the couch, would yeah. you run to the bedroom and cry in bed? Well, it depends. Sometimes I sleep on my couch, and that can be my bed Great. for the moment. Okay, fine. So, I just want to know, know what's happening. Like sometimes I tell people, like, I'm going to go to couch, and I'll see you guys later. You say that, right? Okay. I would imagine um, that in New York you get couch bugs. Like, be careful. Don't, don't, get, don't let have couch Have you ever had bed bugs? I have not. I had bed bugs, man. Oh man. I went to somebody's house in New York, and they said, "Come over," and they said, I just "Stay at my place." Yeah. I don't stay there. I don't stay there. And I went there, and um, can I say this? I'm going to say it. Yes, yeah, say it. And um, I had a a, 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 a guest, mm -hmm. and she and I both got bed bugs. Yikes. And then I didn't talk to her. Like I didn't like her after that. I didn't talk to her. Yikes. And then I, she said, "I don't know about you, but I'm itching a lot. I know we haven't <laughs> talked in a while. It's like I don't know anything about it." Does that make oh. me a bad person? No, it makes you it makes you a person who lived in New York. Got it. <laughs> so okay, it makes fine. You, right. Um, <laughs> but you know, you you the show ends and then they say, okay, well, guess what? Your show just ended. Now get back out there today. Right. And you're Who's like, saying oh, that? Your people, your reps, and the people who are do you have a lot of people? I have like four people on my team. Uh -huh. I would say a manager, lawyer, agent, and uh, business manager. Did you have to discover that or did somebody say, look, you got a book. The first thing you do is get yourself a Jew lawyer. Is that what happened? Well, I do have a Jew lawyer. I'll say that. It's redundant. I think it's Jewish. But no, right. Uh, right. Yeah, um, I do have an uh, awesome lawyer. But they, they, they don't tell you that. That, that came from me. Like, I didn't get my lawyer on my first show. I got uh -huh. on the second one. And they're just like, mm -hmm. well, you know, they can really help work your contracts out and i would say a lawyer is amazing if you right. read uh thomas lennon and robert ben garant's uh making money for profit they talk about having a limb sermon lawyers with number one so thing. you 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 got your you got your you got a gig and then mm -hmm. you up your game just in terms of your professionalism the way that you look at shit. yeah yeah I'm, I, I assume one day i'll probably have to get a publicist and all that stuff mm -hmm. but i try to hold out as long as i can to do any of that stuff you know because like, that's just outlay of money or yeah, just like just you don't need it you have to give out. But it's then, also like, more confusing right not confusing but it's more people to fucking deal it's with it's just more people to deal with but i feel like once you get to a place you might want all those people to deal with the issues because it just probably will make your life easier right and you know you're like business manager make you money back your lawyer get you more money for deals Right. agents and managers really help have to uh, pay the way for your career and stuff like that so it really you really get to just have this good uh bench of people on your team right. helping your business grow and that's how i look at my team like they're, they're i love my team they're invaluable to me mm -hmm. like and i get to you know disagree with them and hear their perspectives and, and you know i think that's great to have people right. that aren't just yes man right. or no man you know but just are just real and honest and open with you that goes uh, back to that yeah yeah uh, which is really true but then it's just, it, i just think that the toughest thing for me is just being like hey your shit just got canceled go you can't really experience the pain of it so go back out and go get another job so it's the idea of you cannot hold on to your third cousin because mm -hmm. your third cousin is dead. Gone. It's gone. Don't your third even cousin is gone. Think it's gone. So right. why even sit here and dwell on it? And that's the whole thing about surrendering the fact that that might that when something ends, I know this is the thing where God closes a window and he puts in a screen door that allows yeah. you to <laughs> sliding door and sometimes you forget the lock. And yeah. it's like so that but that idea of nothing ever ends, you are just moving through. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
uh, it's like water, right? Like the universe is like water, like Will Smith says, right? So you're constantly flowing through it and right. jobs come and go, but like, where do you go on that path? And I think the one difference that I finally felt of this year of going through another pilot season, um, I think it was the first time I've ever really felt comfortable feeling like, oh, well, you know, jobs do come and go and I'll feel the loss if I ever lose another job, but I will be okay. I feel like I'll get more work or I'll be able to do something. I might not be on a TV show every year, but I feel comfortable that like, I'll never have to be a waiter again. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but right. like, that I can feel comfortable working and what I love. It's trust in yourself that you are going to work again. And I yeah. think a lot of people, what they do, and I don't know if you ever heard Mel Brooks talk, but there was a time where he lost a job, I think your show shows. Mm -hmm. So he lost your show shows. He lost your show shows. It's not yours. You're no, he didn't lose my show. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he lost your show of shows. Mm -hmm. And um, and he said he went into this deep depression for a long time. But, and I think that it's easy to go into that depression, yeah. but that never helps. Never. I wanted to go through depression this time, too. Like, I at least... Like the show was canceled on a Tuesday and I was like, man, it would be nice if I could just have the rest of this week just to reflect and just deal with life. And then they're like, nope, you got to go out and audition Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Right. And, and doesn't day. that help? That helps. It actually does. Cause what it does was, it help you do? It, it helps you just, first of all, move on and just, right. it helps you go into other rooms and then to see other people doing the same struggle. You now, are you say like, other rooms, you're saying literally other rooms, but you're well, also talking figuratively other figuratively rooms. Figuratively well. other rooms too. Right. Yeah. But I like, the thing I like about like having to go back out there and go and audition and stuff is that I get to see, you know, my comrades, the people who I'm in this battle with. Right. To, you know, but saying, it's not a battle. Well, I feel like it's a battle of us trying to like, we're the soldiers on the front lines of trying to make it in this industry. To, Why is it a battle? Why does it have to be a battle? Because I feel like it always has to be a power struggle between. Why is that? Just that's the way business is. I right? understand you know, that. That's but why there's we also litigate contracts and don't want to be given I get it too. Stuff, but, I, you know? but for me, I, you know, and I'm not living this pie in the sky sort of like gossamer wing just landing on stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking the more that you have this battle fucking thing, the more that those yeah. losses seem like your first cousin died. You know, I, I totally get that. But I think I use that battle analogy to help motivate me and push me to be stronger and just really go Do out you there. Think and that I feel like I draw onto those people to feel like, whoa, we are in this together. So for me, it makes me feel tighter with them, but I feel no resentment toward producers or anybody Got either. It. I just use it as Oh, is that with whom you feel that you're in, ba in battle? Well, no, I feel like you're in battle usually with the network, right? Aren't because you? they okay. are the ones putting out the content uh -huh. and they're the ones who control the purse strings right. and all the power to get that stuff. But all the network people that I've ever met have been amazing. When you say the network, so ultimately, mm -hmm. there's this big thing that you perceive to be that whom you're fighting yeah. against. But Which really, are not the figurative people. They're no, not them. They're right. really nice, awesome people. But if you mm -hmm. met those other people, you would think those are nice, awesome people too. I would. I would. I absolutely would. But it's just something that I think we all use as people of just being, I mean, to even come out, to decide like, hey, I'm going to move to LA to try to do this thing, to do this dream. You know, it's just like, it's kind of like, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people to try to do that. It seems like impossible odds, so why would you do it? So you're out there with your people who have the same like-minded right. you know, right. uh, feeling that you did. Everyone that I know, if they're not from here and people who are from here still you know, follow that dream and do it, and that's great that they're from here. But everyone I know who comes out here fights to try to make that dream come true. So I right. feel like we're all fighting that same war of just trying to make our dream come true. Not against figurative actual people, but against the system that is perpetuated. Like, in, Isn't you know, it though, minds. ultimately, oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> Isn't it ultimately that you're in battle with yourself? Absolutely. Because you're that really is. Right. So yeah. it's not, because I look at a lot of, and this is what happens with me, and I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast, the idea of, I, do, I feel like I see these, these cords here, I feel like they're, they're in charge, they're charging me. Um, I, the, the, the idea of, um, uh, 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 the confidence that we have in order to come in, the confidence to say, like, ultimately to go, 
Okay, I do my own thing. Mm -hmm. I am in battle with no one. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when I talk to somebody on the phone to get a job, because I travel around the world teaching improvisation, and I think I might have mentioned this before. So it's that idea of when I'm talking to them on the phone, I think this is so fucking helpful, that when I talk to these people on the phone, I already have the job. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, and yeah. there's something beautiful about that to say, I'm talking to my employer. And if I don't get the paycheck, they gave my job to somebody else. Yeah. And I know, and it's not a trick, and it's not something that I figured I'm going to do that. It's something that occurred to me, and it's what you're doing now. And I think it's why you got, a, you got one job after another job after another job that you went, I'm getting another job. Yeah. This audition that I have right now, it's an audition for my employer. Yeah. They've already hired me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally see where you're going. And that really um, gets me to think about just the power of thought, the power of our brain. Thoughts are things, yeah, right? they really are. Like they really people, are. They have weight. They have a physical weight. We can't comprehend what that is because we don't have the science to yet. But, well, but the science is the science of the heart. Yeah. It's the science of the heart. It's the fact that when you say... If, but you haven't, and I've noticed it. When if, when I hear somebody says, "I'm re somebody say," because oh, talking to uh, right Nate, Nate. <laughs> we're talking to Nate downstairs. It's the idea of Nate. Nate said, "I'm trying to." What was it that you said? Do you remember? I, I was like, "You you said that you were trying to do something." Yeah, allow myself to be more open. Right, you're trying to allow yourself to be more open. I I feel like at that moment when you're trying to, what you say, "I'm trying to allow myself to be more open." What you're really saying is. I'm allowing myself to be more open. Yeah. You put that word trying in there because it's a weasel word. It's a fucking ego word that says, yeah. because I said I'm trying, it's okay if I'm wrong. Yeah. But you know what? The words matter. They yeah. matter. So yeah. when I say I am doing this, it's different than when I say I am trying to do this. And yeah. I don't, I know people accuse me of yodifying everything, but at the end of the day, it fucking What's matters. What's so wrong with yodifying? I things? don't know. <laughs> Thank you very if much. It works, it works. Right. You know, and I mean, Yoda is just basically Confucius. You know what I'm saying? In a lot of different ways. You know, Confucius had that quote of those who say they can, those who say they can't are both right. And it's all about, like you said, your thoughts, they mean something. The way you put out things in the world means something. It's something we can't see visually, but it's out there. Our energies are connecting right now, even though we can't see them, oh, right? I, I, I mean, there's infrared. You put infrared here right now, you will see stuff coming off us that we can't see with our physical eyes, right? Absolutely. So when you say, hey, I have this job already. I'm putting this positivity over. It travels through these people. It, they feel it in their skin, whether they are conscious of it or not, and it runs down them, whether it makes them give you the job or not. I don't know, but it definitely puts positive thoughts out there and positive reaffirmation out there in and, my opinion and because really it's all about and, and 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 i don't know when i turned in this person but probably when i said i really love la it's this energy that's coming off because when yeah. i look at you you walk into a room and i feel this way all the time when i see you you walk in a room and i go ha look who's here it's gonna be a good night man it's gonna be a good night echoes here you know and how many people that you look at and you go oh that's great when nathan walks into room like fucking nathan's here man that's awesome man. that's really great nathan's here but then you have you know pig pen walking in and you're going jesus christ man why is eeyore keep coming to my fucking party why am i you know when you go why is eeyore coming to my party everything sucks already and now eeyore's at my party it's like yeah. hey Everything's sucking already. That's why Eeyore's coming to your fucking party. Yeah. Because Eeyore likes the guy that says every everything sucks, sucks already. already. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And who wants it? The only mistake you make in improvisation is casting. Yeah. So when you cast Eeyore, don't be surprised that every scene is like fucked up or bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what's funny? Um, everything. You, everything is so funny. The truth. Oh, my God. 
You said something to me, I think, um, I started taking improv October 19th, 2009, here at I.O. in this room right here with Dave Hill. And then that was a Tuesday, and then I came to do a workshop the following Wednesday with you, and it blew my mind. Like, I, I, I would love Dave class. I was like, this is really cool. And I was like, you know what? I have time tomorrow. Or they have these workshops. Let me go try it out. And you were the teacher. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you serious? You can do this in improv? Because you weren't <laughs> teaching like, hey, this is how you learn in level one. You were like, no, this is improv. Get with it. Love it. If you don't, what's up? You know, and it right. was just like, I fell in love. Like, that was the moment where I was just like, I need to do this for the rest of my life. I absolutely remember that. And then you always had this thing where you would say, if you have a bad scene, a bad show, or whatever, give yourself five seconds. Or you something like that. Five seconds to think about it, and then let it go. And, right. move on. and so even when like I, a show would get canceled, I would think of that thought in my head. Like, give yourself five seconds to grieve, and then fucking move on. It's really hard to do it, but it's like it's always something I'm like consciously trying to get in my head. It's like, okay, you can grieve for a second. Now move on quickly. Keep going. You know, because that is done. There's no sense to cry about it or, you know, be reserved or angry or sad or anything like that. Let's move on with what's next and be, you know, true to yourself. I think that it's so important. I'm so glad that that happened. I think that it's so important here, and I like that we have a bunch of people here who are listening to this, and there's other people that listen to this podcast who need to hear that idea of if you bring in, if something bad happens to you, or when something bad, because it always does, or your perception of something bad happens to you, you can you can go five second rule, you know, it's like the the, the, the peanut butter's on the ground, and the sandwich, I five second, pick it up, and eat it. it doesn't mm-hmm. five second rule. If you go, I, I you can grieve it for a bit, but. Let it go because there's something freeing. And if you want to say it's a hard thing to do, then you know what you're holding on to? It's a hard thing yeah, to do. So that's true. what you're holding on to. Yeah. And that's okay to do that too. Yeah. Because I get to laugh at myself if I say, oh, you know, I'm, nine years ago I said this to my ex-wife and oh, what was I doing? I'm like, what am I bringing that in? Because yeah. that's not bringing in baggage. That's bringing in the baggage carousel that allows you to keep bringing in your fucking baggage. You know what I mean? And let go of the baggage, let go of the baggage carousel. It's worse to have a carousel because then baggage just keeps coming. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not about the baggage. It's about you you owning the baggage carousel and you're wondering, yeah. why is everything such a drag? Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, i got to fix my baggage carousel. Yeah, yeah. And it's a drag that's called the baggage carousel because yeah, it really fucks up the other carousels yeah. that are fun. Carousels are fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, why, would you, why don't you just say a baggage yeah. delivery? I'm on an emotional carousel. Right? Right? Oh, if you say carousel with anything else, does that make it bad? A carousel's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like by my, itself. It is a good thing. By, and then you put baggage on it. It's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to say, I'm a love carousel. You know what? Dave Rizowski, yeah, love, love carousel. carousel. I want to put that on, I want to spray <laughs> paint that on the back of my car. <laughs> Boom, Dave Rizowski, love <laughs> carousel. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's your team. It's Cherry. Yeah. It's yeah. the people that you've got on your team. And I look at those people and any of those people on, on your Herald team, I, it, when I'm at the bar and you guys come in, it's like, oh, look who's that. Oh, look who's look, yeah. look, Jamie, what? 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 Yeah. You know, Amanda Tate, what are you, what the fuck are you, yeah. what? Well, those people. <sighs> but when you surround yourself with those kind of people, and I, I, if it ain't right, it's wrong. Yeah. Truth, 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 truth. Um, that that's reminds me of that quote where it's like you are the five people you hang out with the most or something like that right like so i don't know that quote. I, it's something similar to that and i'm not sure of the origins but it's like you are who you are around so the five people that you're around the most is probably the, the what you really are you know it symbolizes you do you hang people. around you hang around a lot i hang of around a lot of positive i feel uh-huh. like 
people who are have their minds like focused on achieving their goals and you know sean hayes rocks oh he's the best i mean he was the nicest um and a really positive human so being positive um and i mean the best boss you can ever have because i don't know so him as a boss i mean yeah it was yeah. he he didn't ever come across as anything other than a genuine human being and and that's what i that, like yeah. i know him because nia bardalis and sean hayes are really close friends okay. and nia's my dear dear friend and i i think i spend a couple of new year's eves with him oh, i'm just yeah. hanging out yeah. and it's like he's just a guy who hangs out you know it's also really cool i watched an episode of uh uh, uh sean saves world right mm -hmm. and um and it's the one with the birds yeah yeah and and so there's a bunch of it doesn't matter uh, doesn't matter what it is, but he brings his date in there. So this guy yeah. comes in, a really ha a beautiful British man, and um, and, the, and I'm watching the show, and I'm thinking, that's a this is a sitcom with a, a man and a gay man, and it's just a relationship. And the point isn't that he's gay. It, the point is it's tough to have a relationship. Yeah, fuck, we're in a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's not a big deal that other thing and that's the way he always talked about the show he's like you know of course the media is like so it's about being gay or whatever he's like you know that's probably the fifth most interesting thing about my character you know like that's not the number one thing that this is about you know right. it's about a guy who was really trying to draw closer to his daughter and you know right. really navigate work and what it took to be with a temperamental new boss and stuff right? like that you know so that's the kind of shit you talk about when you yeah. talk to the people that that's right very much like that right, <laughs> right exactly yeah, yeah. right uh, but all that came out as you not pushing it yeah when you were just yeah. expressing that to me yeah yeah i mean those those media junkets and stuff like that they're they're pretty i mean you know does just... anybody coach you on that no no you just get used to it i think uh -huh. or after just hundred of them you're just like okay uh -huh. yeah this happens right. a lot yeah right and it's weird i'm gonna go back to the idea mm -hmm. of the what what sean was saying about that's the fifth most interesting thing about mm -hmm. it and i think i mentioned this not so long ago the conversation i was having tim meadows was saying was he posted something on facebook and he said um it was it was a race issue and uh and <laughs> this is what happened i was thinking all right tim's black <laughs> you know, because I don't yeah. think about that. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think about that yeah. at all. And it's so interesting how people do look at those sort of things yeah. and say, oh, that's an issue. And you go, why? And it's yeah. an issue because you say so. True. Yeah. Because you're just a character on the show. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, as opposed to... Or the black character on the show. Yeah. Even, but even though, I mean, it all depends on who you are, like what perspective you see. It from, what do you, you mean? Know? Well, because some people saw it as that. They saw me as uh -huh. just being the black character on the show. Right. Where it was never presented that way. I never no. auditioned for it to be that way. They no. didn't have them as black. You know, right. Just like whatever it was, you know. Right. Uh, and then, so, like, I remember the first episode, uh, this girl sent me this tweet like, man, it really blacked you up for this role. And I was just like... <laughs> That was a character choice I made. Like I, I, I went into all the audition, and I was like, you know, I can read it like me. I was like, but I, they're kind of thought of this character. I can read it as like, do you guys want to see it? And they were like, sure, do the character. If it sucks, we'll just tell you to do it as you. And then right. I did the character, and they were like, oh my god, we love this. This is great. So I was like, cool. That was the choice. And they were just people were coming to me like NBC was trying to make me just be different than who I was or something like that, which wasn't the case at all. 
they, the, per, the perception was that NBC was trying to turn you, yeah. or change you, was to say that into yeah. to this into right. Some, a mad, uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Stereotypical, right, right. Yeah. And 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 so in a situation like that where you're forced to do something, I know that isn't what your situation was, but it's so hard to do something that you're not because then you've got to work at it, and you're never who it is that you are. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Uh, there was a, a role that I was going out for where the character had to speak. Um, <laughs> I believe he had like an accent that was like um, African or something like that. And I was just thinking like, is that something that I really want to do? Is like be this African person for eight years to worry about all the things the character would have to worry about on top of, am I providing the right accent? Did I say the correctly? Right. You know, not to say like my accent is like, you know, shit, like I worked on it, you know, but it's like, do I want to do this for eight years of my life? Cause you have to accept that potential that that can happen. Like Hunter could have been eight years of my life of just right. doing that, you know, I was going to do the voice, but you know, right, 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 right. And, and it also goes with the idea of in an improv scene where you're not playing your truth mm -hmm. and then something happens and suddenly you're like, oh my God, what's going on? Because yeah. there's nothing for me. I feel like we're, I don't want to work that hard around anybody. Yeah. And when you're in a relationship that isn't working and you're trying to make it work, whatever that relationship is, and you're not being yourself in that relationship, it makes it so much harder when you're saying, oh, you know what? I don't want this person to be upset, so I'm going to make sure that everything's nice and clean and neat. Yeah. And that is a hard fucking thing to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. The hardest. I mean, you're not true to yourself, first and foremost. And right. That, that's already the roadblock right there, is that you're not just being open and honest to yourself. <sighs> and as, yeah. I think it's a, it's a young man's game to, I'm mean, going to say young man, but it's a young person's game, to, uh, to, to, subjugate yourself or change yourself or turn yourself or think that you can change. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you say, I am not capable of doing this. And that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Not to say that I could, I could definitely do it for a film, you know, right. <laughs> well, so it's like not eight years six months, months. Right. Like, sure. I'll work on this and get this straight, you know, for, I know all the You're dialogue we're going to have. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, if, you know what, to be honest, if push can to shove, I could do it. If I yeah, wanted of to. course. Do I want to do it? Is right. the question. No, but I don't also, want to subjugate myself to not being true to the character and worrying about all that stuff. But if the writing years. is awesome, that shit's going to come. True, true. If it's, if, if you're right. I think, yeah, if, when it boils down to it, if it was an amazing, amazing character and mm -hmm. I really resonated with him, right. I would have done it. You know? What's this Dan Harmon thing that you that you do? I do Rick and Morty, uh, his cartoon. That's what mm -hmm. that is. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Great. And how's yeah, that? It's amazing. It really, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, the show is so fucking good like it's if you haven't seen it go see it because it's so different from every other cartoon out there and i watched the pilot before i ever got to do a, um, a voice on it and i was fucking in love and i've been a dan Harmon, justin roiland fan since like early 2005 since acceptable tv mm -hmm. came on vh1 mm -hmm. and i will watch it religiously so even to get the opportunity to work with these guys like to just audition for something and get the job, right. like not know them and then be able to build these connections with them now. It's like so amazing because community is definitely like one of my favorite. It, well, I haven't uh, caught up on the most recent uh, season, season, but right. it used to be one of my favorite shows of all time. So I'm such a big fan of them. And Justin Roiland's so smart and his cartoon's so great. And the fact that I get to be a recurring character on it is just like, 
The Can't idea of uh, like these guys, uh, Dan Harmon, certainly like he is who the fuck he is. Judd oh, Apatow is who yeah. the fuck he is. Yeah. And it goes back to what we're talking about, that truth and honesty. And when you write stuff that you firmly believe in, people gravitate towards that truth. People yeah. gravitate towards that and they want to work with you on those sort of things, which is just such a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go. It's hard to say, I, I give myself permission to do this. Yeah, it is. Um... I think that's, I admire that about them because they're brave to be okay to be who you are without worrying about the repercussions of what people are going to think or people are going to judge you or look at you weird. Like, Do you think that, do you think people are judging you or looking at you weird? I think you can't control what people think or I know, do. but do you, does that... It's not something that I focus on right. or try to dwell on. Right. Um, I'm sure people are, you know, The but, hardest thing yeah. is to go, what you think about me fucking doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Especially especially in what we do. Yeah. Or writing, be yeah. It, you know, that sort of thing where you go, I've got to make you happy. Yeah. I think that's so a way I live my life is like, I mean, I'm scared of a lot of, like, I'm scared to fly planes, but I would never... You don't have to fly planes, you just have to be a passenger. Yeah, well... I, Are people I, asking I, you to I'm fly planes? I have a pilot. Jesus license. Christ, man! Them, you know that's uh, weird. <laughs> no, but I'm scared. I I'd hate flying. You know, but I will never stop flying. I would never hold myself back from flying because of my fear of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like and so I'm the type of person is like, regardless of what people think, I'm going to be me. Right. You know, and I'm not going to stop or skip a beat. You know, on just living my life and doing the things I have to. You right. Know? And that's just I love flying. I, I do. I think about flying. All. Oh, I fly so much. I fly, I fly so much. And I don't like it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. American Airlines will send me things like, if you fly to New York, we'll give you 5,000 extra bonus miles. I'm like, how can I make it to New York? Because oh, I want that. That's I got awesome. a, I got the gold card. Oh. I got the keys to the bucket. I can fly the plane. Wow. Wow. I can really fly the plane. That's dope. And That's I could, I mean, you're a tall person. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, I, those seats are made for five foot, five and a half oh, Jewish man. guys. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't get an exit row, I'm in. I'm right. First class. I'm in pain. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's nice to be treated nice. Oh man, it's so nice to be treated nice. My first experience to New York was like the upfronts for Fox. Like the first time I ever went to New York uh -huh. was like standing in the Mandarin on like the top floor, first class, everything. Like big, huge limos coming to pick me up to take me to Central Park to party with you know Kevin Bacon. And <laughs> <laughs> And was been, like, there you are, like partying with Kevin yeah. Bacon, and I. And for me, I'll stand around sometimes, and when I'm in situations like that, now that I'm in that situation a lot, but I'll stand around in situations like that, and I'll look around and go, "What the fuck? How did this happen?" Yeah, yeah, it's definitely surreal. Um, but then I got to go to New York for real. I, I'd never count that as my for real. <laughs> right. I was like, this was a, a you know, a fun thing to do, but that's not real New York, you know. And so I got to go back for the Dale Close Marathon and like. Mm -hmm. I love New York so much. I so love it. I totally get it. If I got the opportunity to fly to New York, I would jump on it. You go, you're from Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. What part? Uh, Southside. Mm -hmm. Where? I was born uh, in, uh, I was born at Michael Reese Hospital. So was I. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. I was man. born there. My mom was born there. My my brother was born there. My sister uh, was born oh, there. Oh, so yeah, my brothers and uh, sisters yep. were born there too. Um, but we Torn down. were born yeah they turned down we were born in the ickies um mm. which was like a project right uh, like what a, a horrible name state. for projects harold ickies he was yeah. a, a big politician yeah and they they named all the projects after these ickies politicians. ickies yeah. it's icky yeah yeah it's icky. um right <laughs> uh and then we like uh moved to the soft like soft uh side like kind of beverly area isn't it crazy how many people came from that area yeah especially out here right so many people um yeah. i was talking to michael boatman do you know who michael boatman is i don't 
Michael Boatman was in Spin City. He, okay. the black guy in Spin City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's from Harvey. Oh wow! He's from Harvey. Yeah, Harvey and then oh, uh, Tom Dreesen is from your that neck of the woods. And and uh, uh, Josh Funk, you know Josh? He's Second City. He runs Second City. Okay. Like there's so many guys from the South Side. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's a great place for people to come from. To be honest, Chicago in general is just a super hardworking, awesome city. But it kind of has still. Well, it doesn't kind of have, but it definitely has this Midwestern, you know values to it i love it there yeah. do you go back oh yeah i go back frequently I, mm-hmm. I love it especially summertime it's like no place like it oh my god i just love it there. yeah, I love yeah. It. did you play there i did oh I, I i did theater there but i never did improv there i only saw what theater did show. you do that um i did a lot of children's theater for this agency called krp2 which stood for kids are people too and we would do kids uh, rp is that true though yeah yeah, yeah. kids uh, are people too kids are people too yeah wait, wait, uh, are you sure i'm sure uh, okay. <laughs> this is part of my childhood um so i started off doing theater there like professionally like we perform in front of thousands of kids in medina temple field museum wherever you know well um, you know about tapping in medina temple now oh yeah yeah it's a beautiful it's a beautiful yeah i mean but we would, it's macy's we, yeah basically oh yeah yeah it's macy's now, right but yeah we would go all over like the midwest you know um and we were like i had to get like work permits and like i was getting paid great money to do that stuff so that's how i really got started in theater and then i started doing more storefront theater you know as i got older and like more commercial work you right know, and stuff like that. the storefront theater in chicago was i don't know if it still is but it 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 turned me professional. In, I mean, I'm just in a way of looking like this is the way that I live my life, and there's a passion that we get yeah. with 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 doing that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's um, definitely something that I miss seeing on a regular occurrence. You know, because it's it's not Broadway. It's right. not anything like that. But you know, it's our own little you know underground theater thing. It's not Chicago Shakespeare. Right. You know, or anything like that. But you know, it's it's a really good you know segment of the city I feel were you was your family encouraging was your family encouraging oh, you super super encouraging my mom was just like oh baby you can do it you believe in it go for it i'm like yeah oh, really totally, yeah, i will yeah. yeah really she totally was like putting the money up to get me to join uh-huh. like isn't that great like the that, idea yeah. that because Carell went through the same thing where his folks said what do you want to do and he said his, his dad said he said he wanted to be he said i want to be a lawyer and his dad went listen you sure you want to do that the rest of your life? And he went, no. And his parents were really supportive of that. Wow. Imagine what you could do if you're yeah. totally fucking supported all the time. Yeah, yeah. And and I go back to your your Herald team, uh, mm-hmm. your um, your uh, Cherry. Yeah. And look at all the people that are supportive. Look at the five people that you have su- surrounding you. Yeah, yeah. And we select those people. Mm-hmm. And I also think if you don't like what the fuck you're doing, get the fuck out. Change it. I think that's something I'm always uh, looking to be better at and just like really looking at myself to see, well, what will make you happy? Stop mm-hmm. trying to make other people happy and focus on what makes you happy. So you say, don't don't try to make other people happy. That is not to say don't make other people unhappy. Yeah. It's just that the idea of your happiness is what you own. Yeah. You own your happiness. Yeah. yeah. And, or I think the thing that I'm mostly trying to get across to myself is stop putting other people's happiness before your own. Right. Trying to make other people happy before you take care of your own. Is that is that a hard thing to do when you're in the industry? It's a hard thing to do uh, when you have history with people. 
in your life. You so know? you're not talking about you're talking about yeah more other relationship. Yeah, right, got, relationship got it. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. No, I was married for 14 years yeah. in a relationship that was like mm. uh, some people just aren't ready to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And those people that aren't ready to be happy, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You may think that it does, yeah. but at the end of the day, uh-uh, no. Yeah. It's all inward in them. Right. Yeah. And it's also the idea of, when I think about who's the best person I know, it's me. Morgan Freeman. Oh. Okay. And Morgan okay. Freeman. Like, when <laughs> right, I tell right, me right. a story, it's like, is that super true? I told me that story. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the idea of the, my, my favorite person is me, and it's not, I've got this huge ego. It's like... I make me laugh. Yeah. Um, I like the way I dress. Yeah. Sometimes I dress like an idiot. And what's wrong with that? You should be able to like you the most. But isn't? But what happens is society says, "Listen, seven deadly sins. You can't that pride. That thing about pride. When you do a good show, do you walk off stage and go, that was a good show, or do you go, I really want to say that was a good show, but I can't say that was a good show because Jesus will be mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The what former. do you do? The former. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm So true. <laughs> I was just thinking about Jesus being mad. Like, fucking David, man. He's just so over. You know, he's, what is he, Jesus? I'm Jesus. Oh, my God. I always wonder, like, did John have to, like, discipline Jesus? <laughs> like, would Jesus be like, I'm going to tell my daddy? Have you touched me? Exactly. <laughs> right, 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 right. There's so many of those questions that I don't know. I don't know if like this answer. Nobody's ever been able to tell me this story. It's like, so my ex-mother-in-law was met. No, my, uh, my, we'll say my ex-mother. My ex-mother-in-law was married and then her husband died and then she remarried, right? And she's very, she was very Catholic. Mm -hmm. She remarried and then her second husband died and then she died. So what happens in heaven? Like, is it? Is it three's company that they all like hang out together in heaven? Like, how does that work? And no one's been able to answer. Like, there's yeah. some shit in Catholicism that I don't get. Yeah. Oh, I I do not get a lot of. Are you were you water. raised Catholic? I was raised uh, Jehovah's Witness and a little bit non-denominational. Because my my mother's side is like non-denominational, but I would say they lean Pentecostal, and then my father's side was Jehovah's Witness. But mm -hmm. for me, it's just I just don't agree with organized religion. I mean, I, I'm. I get it though. I can see why people would, and I can see why people can be completely against it. And I feel like if people need faith, you know, and they want to believe that, then by all means, go for it. I do believe in a higher power personally, mm -hmm. uh, and I will say that I, I, I've grown up with Christian beliefs. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I can totally see somebody being an atheist, and I can get their perspective. And, right. You know, I've, definitely believe a lot in science and all that. Do you chalk anything up? So when you say you're blessed, because I say I'm blessed too, mm -hmm. but and people go, well, but I thought you weren't religious. And it's like, I, that's not blessed in that way. Yeah. It's blessed in a different way that I really can't describe what that blessing is. Yeah. But do, do you chalk anything of this up to, I would imagine that you don't, but I think a lot of people do chalk it up to, you know what? The good Lord has gotten me through this sort of thing and that sort of stuff. You know what? To, I'll, I guess I'll sort of surprise you with that. I do believe that God... You know, this is what I like to call the being who I believe created us. God uh, does have something to do with my life. And just for me, it's just everything that I've experienced, the lows of lows, and then automatically going up to just being something. Like right when you think it's all over, I'm done, I'll, you know, I'm finished, that 
horrible moment of the movie where it's like, oh, he just happens to be saved right here. Oh, fuck you, writer. You know, like, it's like Ben Helsing for me. Like, every time it's like, oh, he fucking just happened to get out of that because Frankenstein was swinging by on a vine and happened to grab him. Oh, fuck you. And I feel like, Ben that's my life. Like, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but right. I'm not saying the fuck yeah. Dracula or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, but that I like that is my life. Like every time where I'm about to get killed and eaten by Wolverines and fucking crazy vampires, Frankenstein comes and grabs me and saves me. So it's right. like I feel I'm like, well, what is that? Like, is that just me just, you know, having dumb luck, or is there some being out there actually looking out for me? And because I did you know, I do have a really big Christian background of growing up, like I was really serious into it. I just feel like, for me, I want to have a personal relationship with God. I continue to pray. I don't agree with organized religion, and I don't think that the Bible, you know, all this hell stuff and all that stuff is, like, really real. You so know? you're looking, because I was, I was thinking, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, do you believe in that negative thing, the repercussions of your actions having, you know, yeah. your actions having negative repercussions? Well, well, the, 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 here's the one thing that everyone who is, like, in religion, that, that the hypocrisy that destroys me is that they say God's number one quality is love. Right. So how could someone with the number one quality of love torment someone for the rest of their life? Right. Or anything like, you know, right. like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, that sounds like your number one quality would be egoism or ego <laughs> ego or you yeah. know fucking evil. Like what who would do that? No, you know, especially so. somebody that that you were born you were born from love yeah. and you and the and right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then, like, I, I like to think that there's room for science and for faith. Clearly. You know what I'm saying? Like, Clearly. If we're modeled after God, then obviously God is a scientist who knows how to manipulate elements to create something that could form a Big Bang theory or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So that's it just had to start somewhere. But I can totally see if someone disagrees with me or whatnot, right. but that's just my personal belief. And, it's like, I choose to believe in that, and it helps me get through life. and helps me in moments of crises and whatnot. Right. It helps me just navigate everything. And like yet that. I think, and I, I totally, and I'm going to say, and yet, and yet, I think. Me, I think. I look at people, and uh, there was a guy who died yesterday who was part of a National Geographic special where it's like he oh, could have snakes, snakes yeah. bite him, the and snakes. then a snake bit him, and he died. Die. And yeah. they're like, let's, Bill, let's get some anti ant 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 antidote. antidote. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 Jesus will take care of it. It's like, yeah. Bill, I think now. It's like, no, 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 I'm fine. He goes, and I don't like the shock, and then he dies. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, dude, dude. Yeah. Dude. Huh. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> well, for me, it's also like there's a great lesson in that. Don't be ignorant. Yeah, yeah. That's the lesson. Yeah. Don't be a dumbass dumb. douchebag yeah. and think that that's okay. Yeah. But if you're, and, you know, even the, the Bible says don't test God, though, even like, I mean, I used to study the Bible. Like, as Jehovah's Witness, like, they have you study, study, study the Bible. So I used to be able to cult scripture. I mean, uh -huh. I used to be knee deep in that Bible going. How does that help you in what you're, like, I, well, okay, I feel ahead. like for for doing improv and stuff is so beneficial because if like religion comes up, I'm just like, oh, let's let's talk about it. Let's have her like I could be a pastor or anything and just like right. really go through with emotions. Right, like, it's right, so right, right. helpful. And like I, I love that about doing what we do is that you get to use all the bullshit or craziness that you experience in your life to really bring something new or different or a different slice of life to the table in your performance. And I think that's like so beneficial to I think that it's that. also interesting that, that we're here uh, at the LA Scripted Comedy Festival at, at, in, in Hollywood. First time I'm plugging this, but and, uh, at I.O. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's all right. So, uh, and, and, and exactly what you're saying is what so many great writers do. They learn as much as they can 
and then they take it in and put it in there. Yeah. I when I'm when I'm going through something in my life, it always comes out on stage with Carrie. When when my wife and I were going through really hard times, I can't tell you how many characters I did that were like, "We've been married for 14 years and I never really yeah. got shit again." Yeah. And Carrie would backstage and like getting her purse and everything. It's like, so you're going through a little psychodrama. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. But it's like also learn as much as you can and know as much as you can. Yeah. Because it helps, and especially if you're a writer. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, Aaron Sorkin, right? That dude, right? Knows everything about everything, and in, in, in his perspective is like, you know, you know, I'm not. I don't have to be that person to learn about it. Well, you, did you, you ever know. do an Aaron Sorkin thing? No, never. No, I wish. You will. I wish. You will. Aaron, if you're listening. Right. And he does. Up. He's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan. Um, uh, but it's, it is crazy because I think a lot of people go, when am I going to ever... Do you... Okay. So this is, a, this is a question that's related, but it's not. Did you take algebra in high school? Yes. Did you say to yourself back then, when will I ever use this? Because I think a lot of people did. Um... Yeah, there were different. There were parts of me for sure that thought that, but um, I always, I always loved math though. Mm -hmm. Like, How I, did, felt... I love math too. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've loved math more. And I also realized I do use algebra, mm -hmm. and it's also a great way to just compart to fit, just to fracture your fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, and get it. Mm -hmm. And there's something beautiful about a struggle with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you read? Yeah. So you have t you still have time to, to do fiction and stuff? Uh, whenever I get a chance to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are you reading? Uh, right I, now. This sounds like a part of the show where now oh. Gabe talks about. No, they don't do that. <laughs> uh, right now I'm reading Tipping Point. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. about creativity and uh, what's his name? Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. Malcolm Gladwell. It, it, I love what we do. I love the idea of we get to fuck with all that. We get to all get all this information coming into us. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's so necessary for what we do. You know, we right. have to be these conveyors of information or at least give up the appearance that we are these awesome conveyors. I of also think that that um, <laughs> we also get to, and this is what I like about the group that you're in, again, is you guys get to be honest with each other and truthful to each other, going back to that sort of thing to, yeah. to, to say, because it's not just what you know, because you can try to impress people with your knowledge, yeah. but it's like, what is your wisdom yeah. in that too? Yeah, very true, very true. Um, it's funny that you say what you know, because one of my favorite quotes ever was uh, from Jordan Black, and I felt like it's so applicable to improv everywhere. And it was, it's better to be, it's better to be bold and wrong than right and tentative. Right. You know, because being bold and making a choice is what moves things. You know, playing on your toes and not your heels is what gets things going. And it's I'm like, excited to live, like to I'm excited to live my fucking life. Yeah. So when you live your life going, bring it, what you got, what the fuck yeah. you got, what you got, instead of saying, yeah. if I say uh, this. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible, and it's a horrible way to live, too. But I think a lot of people live that way because it's the polite thing to do and because they were raised to be good Catholics and Christians and Jews and all that shit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, who the fuck are you? Because when we get, when, when we get drunk together and then you tell me that thing, I'm like, I know you better now than I did before because you were yeah. putting on a fucking show. Yeah. And not that yeah. you have to get drunk. Yeah. But we all, I mean, yeah, you're right. Somebody must just put on a face and then we're hard. It's hard to let your guard down. 
people sometimes because but you feel worried people are going to take advantage of that right, right. but at the same time mm -hmm. if you live your life thinking that people are going to take advantage of that you're closing yourself off and you're also proving yourself right yeah. because those people that really want to get it's like i'm gonna get under that yeah. fucker's hard shell and it's like and that that, that moment you go uh-uh yeah so i am but it goes back to this i am willing to for you to break my fucking heart yeah. because that means i'm living my life Let's stop there. Oh, love it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> That'll do. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrosowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.